Welcome back to the second episode of The Haunting Analysis. This time we're talking about the 1999 version directed by Jan de Bont. And our biggest task tonight will be determining if the director of Speed is actually better than the director of Sound of Music. Charles? <laughs> I'm, I'm in a quandary. I think That's I can a... sum it up in one word. Actually, one letter. <laughs> oh! oh, I can't wait to, to get to that. Um, oh, my God. You thought the 1960 Ocean's Eleven was pretty bad. Yes. And as much as I'm a fan of remakes. Well, this one is flip-flopped because uh, in this one, the original is better and the remake is... Well, I mean, that's usually the way it is to my way of thinking. But with Ocean's Eleven, the remake was a definite improvement on the original. Oh, we've, gone, yeah. we've gone back to... Uh... To the formula. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a really, really good example of how CGI does not always equal good. Yes, and you know what? I, I stayed through all the credits and I, I was like, who the F did the CGI for this one? Well, I don't remember the actual company that did most of it, but at the end, it actually said that ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, had a little, a little to do with it. I was like, oh my God, it's just their worst well, movie. this is also a DreamWorks film. I know. And you would What's think that happening? would... What's mm happening? -hmm. And this is 1999. Okay. So ILM did in 1993. So six years before this, Jurassic Park. The dinosaurs were were cgi but it was i mean you but they they, they felt like lived in the world yeah this they and they the movement was good and everything but what you see in this are just these ill-conceived creatures and, <laughs> and that, ghosts and things yeah and and the you know when we finally see hugh crane <laughs> oh god well you, you know what this reminded the look of this reminded me of was um well, uh, when I was growing up, um, I played a lot of early computer games. They're kind of like point and click games. They're, most of them were made by Sierra Online. There was like the King's Quest series. There was the um, Police Quest series. There was Quest for Glory. There was Space Quest. And it just reminded me of those kinds of graphics. Well, I mean, it looks unbelievably cheap and it just looks laughable. The, the one word I would use to describe this film is excess. Now, it's, it's in the CGI effects. They're just throwing as much as they can at you and more. They and, should have thrown more. Oh, God. <laughs> and the whole look of the thing, the house is so gaudy, and it's just filled with so much detail that you're just like, it, it's like a, you're hemorrhaging looking at this thing. It's like an assault, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, mm -hmm. the the ideas. I mean, I would say that the I, I looked this up. The uh, interior design uh -huh. is rather Moorish, <laughs> with Moorish. with those columns, you know, with all the you know, with with the the arches. Well, and it looked like it was filmed in a soundstage, you know, with the grand staircase. I'm like, sure. was that the same staircase they used for Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> the Lon Chaney one? <laughs> you know? 
Well, the reason I liked the 1963 one so much is because you had all that ornate stuff, but it was done in, sure. you know, it was done in black and white. It was the light and the shadow and everything. This is just yeah. this, this assault of color and, and um, just gadgetry and so much bric-a-brac and so many, so many statues, just the, the gargoyles and the, <laughs> the statuary and the, oh, Animals. those cherubs. Well, yeah. we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about the cherubs. Well, we... one thing this movie I thought I appreciated though was that it actually had high ceilings because you know, as I mentioned in the '63 one, it was nicely decorated, mm-hmm. but the ceilings felt low. This time it was like, where are the ceilings? Well, <laughs> you and know? at least in the '63, it had a it gave it an atmospheric feel, like a claustrophobic feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was Containing. actually, I was actually reading one guy. I think at Newsweek said that talking about this house in '99, he said, "If anything went bump in the night here, you would, you'd never hear it." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's huge property. <laughs> he said that the soundtrack has to resort to um, growls and screeches and like sound like a 50 car pile up in order to get the three lab rats to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and you know, like, um, because, uh, because we went through the plot of the 63 version, this one kind of follows similar. So we don't have to get into every single scene, but I think the the scenes that we do talk about, we can enjoy and relish how much we liked it. <laughs> I was going to say loathed, but it's another L word. Beginning with, we both put this in our notes. We both put ominous music, <laughs> ominous sounds. Yeah, so I mean, that's pretty standard horror flick of a certain era have the eerie sounds come in you know under the even the the name of the studio or whatever who was the composer for this one it was jerry goldsmith really mm-hmm. well you know i did not enjoy the calliope music but everything else you know the stuff with the high strings and the english horn and the no i mean um, it was a, it was it was a fine score there's nothing wrong with the yeah. score yeah it's more the screenplay and the visuals that i take umbrage with who's responsible for writing this train wreck of a screenplay david self self-published i hope he finds an identity after this well okay so i i know i know we, you, you know we've been texting about this and you, you keep saying and i agree you know, that we're going to have fun ripping this movie apart. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, you know, like in this one, I think this was Lily Taylor's rock bottom. I think it's all in the direction. And the screenplay. I mean, good heavens. I, yeah. I don't know how any of them could utter these words with a straight face ever. I think some actors connect with the material and some actors don't. And in this case, I had the feeling that None of the actors. I think it's just a combination of just everything going wrong. Direction, acting, screenplay, special effects. It, it, it's, just, it's just a misfire on, yeah, on all it's levels. Miss. It's a miss. So. So after the opening scene with the house, 
we segue to um, a not so nice neighborhood. Rather a slummy neighborhood. Um, she, <laughs> Lily, yeah. who is Eleanor again, Eleanor slash Nell, is having a fight with her sister. Yes, because their mother just died. And that place where um, Eleanor lives is where her mother lived. And mm-hmm. her sister, Virginia Madsen, you know, of uh, Candyman fame. So she and her husband um, are trying to convince Eleanor to live with them. They, they're executors of the will, which uh-huh. right there is a thorn in Nell's side because, you know, she's the one that cared for her all this time. And now yes. they're executors of the, of the will and they want to get rid of the apartment. Yeah. And so the only, <laughs> the only thing they're going to throw to her is the mom's car. Which is 20 years old. And let's not say yet what kind of a car it is because I want to wait. (laughs) Because you don't know what car it is. No, you don't. (laughs) You find out. And and so the other alternative, she's like, I'm not going to have any place to live. If if you're going to get rid of this apartment and kick me out, then I've got nowhere to go. Well, her sister has just a great suggestion. You You can be an au pair. Come live here with us at our place. You can clean up and and, uh, take care of the kid who, not too long after that, takes the the departed mom's uh, cane walker thing and is banging it on the window or on the wall and saying, Eleanor, wake up. I have to pee. That's the situation that Nell is in at this moment. Yeah. So in the beginning, I rooted for her. Sure, and then she terribly. and then she orders them out. Get out of my apartment, you know. And, and her sister's like, you know, uh, you don't, you have no idea how hard it is out there. Implying that you're not going to be able to find a job or anything. She says, well, yeah. you have no idea how hard it was in here. So there. Oh wait, wait, you're acting it too well. You're you're reading the line too well. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I have too much emotion? Yeah, <laughs> right. your inflection was this. Oh darn! I'll uh-huh. try. I'll try harder next time. Um, and you know, in case Miss Taylor is listening to this, I love you, and I don't. Uh, yeah, you were great in The Conjuring, Ms. just not in this. Miss Taylor, I don't know you, so I have no emotional connection to you. However, I I commend you for getting this job because you got into a movie. I've, you know, I've <laughs> never been in a major studio film. Um, and you know, she was and Lily Taylor. Yes, <laughs> but I, I think that this is your Valley of the Dolls, like Patty Duke. <laughs> it's just, I think that happens. It's just something that you just need to, you know, move past and, and uh, she probably doesn't Keep care. That you know, she card. got paid. Yeah. yeah, she's got her SAG card, so she doesn't care. Um, and who would pass up the opportunity to work with like Liam Neeson and like Catherine Zeta Jones? Well, judging by their Wilson. judging by their work in this, and Bruce Dern. <laughs> so Doctor Marrow in this instance, spelled like mm-hmm. the bone marrow and everything, played by Liam Neeson. He is a university professor and research scientist. He wants to investigate the dynamics of fear. (laughs) Now, my Liam Neeson impression is only 20 minutes old. So bear with me. (laughs) 
and the, the the department chair is not really he, he just he, he thinks it's unethical because what he wants to do is he wants to create a cover story that this is a study on insomnia get a bunch of insomniacs yeah. into the house because he doesn't want to reveal because otherwise that that will color that will results. taint <laughs> the okay all right thank you Jeff. so he wants to create the cover story of insomnia but he's actually going to subject them to all sorts of things that will um cause a fear response the doctor questioning him on his ethics his response is you don't tell the rats they're in a maze wait is that liam neeson or shrek <laughs> <laughs> oh come on i told you it's a new one for me all right nell gets a call uh -huh. Yes, and so it's someone who, it, it's kind of strange because it directs her attention to an ad in the paper, right? Yes. <laughs> that they're looking for research subjects mm -hmm. for an insomnia study. And she's just all for it, you know. Well, sure, I have no idea who you are. I don't think this is usually how people do this. <laughs> Call someone up and tell them that they want that yeah. you want them to be in a research study. But she's like, oh, sure, you know, she she's not going to have an apartment or anything. Doesn't want to go clean up after that horrible child. So she's in her car and um, she's heading through the countryside, humming away. What kind of car is it? She's driving a gremlin. <laughs> and there we go, the 20 year old car is a gremlin. <laughs> So she drives up to the house. It's a, oh, the gremlin's in really bad shape too. What so kind this, of color is that? It's like oh, I know. It's sort of like it's not even beige. It's like um, like coffee stained teeth. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's 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 coffee stained denture white. So no voiceover this time. No. 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 She does. She talks to herself out loud. <laughs> she doesn't do the. She doesn't do the Julie Harris voiceovers. Um. And she's going to talk to herself a lot later. Um, okay, so the house. It's huge. This was Harlexton Manor in England. They used but it's supposed to be like New England. It's supposed to be like New York or something. Right, but you know, they used this house in England and it, for the exteriors. Yeah. So again, we have this padlocked and chained gate. Yeah. Um, she's Something honking. we've seen before. Yes, and she's honking at the gate. And crazy wild hair Bruce Dern shows up <laughs> as Mr. Dudley, which I don't know why he agreed to do this because he's got about what three minutes of screen time? No, less than that. Well, but um, it's not a cameo. I wonder if they filmed more scenes with him and they just ended it up on the cutting room. Maybe floor. he wanted to disassociate himself. <laughs> <laughs> you are gonna cut me out of this movie, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> So uh, she asks him why he needs so many chains, and he does some babble about, oh, sometimes the people on the other side see a lot of chains, they feel more comfortable. Something. Um, so, you know, he kind of didn't want to let her in, but but at least she didn't have to say, open the gates at once. Yeah, they didn't fight at all. No, no. It's yeah. rather relatively amicable. So she's at the door knocker. Yeah. And she's kind of going, Mrs. Dudley, 
Mrs. Dudley, there's no way she's going to hear her through that massive door. But then the door just kind of gives anyway. Well, I would think this would be the other side of the door that plays a prominent role later on. You know, the door, the gates to the gates to purgatory and hell. So yeah, she's into this. Um, what would you call this? The foyer, but it's enormous. Uh, the vestibule. The... <laughs> and um, yeah, you said it's like the Luxor in Las Vegas. <laughs> totally, um, it is. Oh my god, with the with all the like the fantastical animals that are like there's like the griffin and so like, many gargoyles, so many griffins, so many yeah. statuary, so much statuary everywhere. Um, lots of wind noise and a lot of echoes too, just like knocking and steps. And um, when I actually watch this movie, I turn on the subtitles because I know I'm gonna need to read the words because none of them. Um, no one was uh, enunciating so but anytime a sound effect happens it puts it on there whistling <laughs> growling <laughs> mysterious it's like it's giving you all the the motivations <laughs> well she's sort of like she's looking for mrs dudley and she's kind of she just tries a random door and <gasps> jump scare there's mrs dudley brandishing a cleaver <laughs> Because that was the sort of the knocking that we heard was that she was chopping something for dinner. Yeah. So the first thing out of Mrs. Dudley's mouth is <laughs> make the dinner or answer the door. Can't do both. So she says, I'll show you to a room. So a bedroom. Yeah, and they're heading down the hall and, and Nell is getting sidetracked by all the just like, whoa, what is all this? You know, the colors and the portrait and the scary gargoyles and everything and Dudley keeps going <laughs> from you know further and further away to get her to hurry up <laughs> so she clears the throat at her enough till she finally catches up yeah and she and says so, that speech that we've heard before yes because here we are in in Nell's room it's well it's I mean, it's a great room, actually. The yeah, the huge cathedral windows, and except for those cherubs on the fireplace, I couldn't, I couldn't have those looking at me. But yes, we get the same Dudley speech. I don't wait on people. I sit dinner on the sideboard at six. I leave before dark comes, and the whole thing about uh... <laughs> in the night, in the dark. <laughs> yes. Uh, no one lives any closer than town. No one will come any further than that. <laughs> any nearer than that, sorry. Um, but you know, I thought her line delivery seemed just less stagey. It didn't have the, she wasn't, she was just angry. She wasn't creepy. No, there was no creep. It was like more annoying actually. So now we meet Theo. That's the next like immediate thing that happened. We meet Theo though. Okay, this is the first time I ever saw Catherine Zeta-Jones. CZJ? Yes, was in this film. Oh. And my first thought was, nobody has any right to look this good. She is beautiful. Nobody should be this beautiful. It should be spread around a little bit more. It's not fair. <laughs> You're too beautiful, you'll have to die. But then when she started to speak, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, never mind. <laughs> I know. You know, trying to hide her accent and... Well, now why? Now you said that she had a dialect coach. Yeah. To sound, to sound more American. Why? I mean, why couldn't she just sound like Claire Bloom? You know, why didn't she, <laughs> couldn't she 
speak in her in her british you know her I, british i know i know speech patterns but you know they should get their money back from the dialect <laughs> well it's maybe it's like my liam neeson she just, just didn't have time she didn't have enough time maybe they had the same <laughs> one <laughs> and like liam was sucking up all the time <laughs> so this is where uh actually um this is a good line from theo because she says isn't this a this house she says this is so twisted it's like a it's like charles foster kane meets the monsters that's a pretty good uh oh yeah assessment um so theo's a free spirit she's jumping on the bed um yeah. dudley starts her <laughs> regular speech <laughs> but nell really pisses her off because she already knows some of the lines and she steps on them yes. <laughs> she knows how to pick up her cues <laughs> yeah, she's like in the night in the dark <laughs> like, like actually that's the only interesting thing that nell does through the entire movie is, well and then kind of, mrs dudley answers back in the dark <laughs> like yeah she, and she's just pissed like <laughs> how dare you step oh, yeah. on my lines okay so then they yeah. start exploring they realize yeah, and, that they share the same bathroom then you know yeah they're down the hall there's so much bric-a-brac I mean, it's just this yes. is when we see the yes. the freeze i would call it yes it is a freeze is that bar relief so that is <laughs> it's, it's a freeze of the gates of hell um modeled on rodan it's not yes. by rodan but it's the children trapped in purgatory <sighs> rodan yes. the artist not the bird from godzilla <laughs> correct something is planted because they point out the quote that's on the on the thing on the bar relief all ye who stand before these doors shall be judged that's important yes that is very important yeah and all these children trapped in purgatory are very important speaking yeah. of purgatory nell says well i was there for 11 years <laughs> theo responds that well that's an 18-hour flight from new york to paris in coach <laughs> All right, thanks. Well, but they explore more rooms. Like there's yeah. a spinning room. Well, it's a carousel room. So I guess so, yeah. So they're trying to, you know, trying all these random doors and they try this door and when they spring the lock or whatever, this um this whole mechanism starts churning and um these platforms start to 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 turn and there's this all these columns and it's like being on a giant carousel and it's yeah. carousel music that's yes. playing after uh, the uh, the carousel room they they run into that that little pond river room it's a river and then they've put this avenue of of book stepping stones yeah it's like as if Which... you're going to a teppanyaki restaurant and that's how you get to your table <laughs> So what happens next on their little travels? Well, after that river room with the books, they're like, oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? And then they go into another door and they run right into our third guest. Our third lab rat. Yes. The Wilson that has a broken nose. The intrepid Owen Wilson playing yes. Luke <laughs> Sanderson. <laughs> And I, how would you describe him? I Owen Wilson is somebody that I really could just never 
I could have my memory wiped that I'd ever <laughs> known of him and I'd be perfectly happy. I don't dislike him, but it's it seems like it's the same character he's ever he's played in all. Well, of he's like this kind of goofball, sort of sort of douchey, kind of sexisty sort of surfer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's the same thing. You just playing that playing that that guy. Now, there's something that I forgot to mention, because remember in 1963 how Theo was a little bit ambiguous? Yeah, oh, here, she's not ambiguous at all. Yes, Theo, um, she, she, she's like, well, my boyfriend is like this, and my girlfriend is like this, you know, and, and they hate each other, and so, yeah. you know, they want, I was wondering if maybe we could all live together, but the two of them hate each other, so that's just right out there. Yeah. So they, they, they meet more people after Luke. They meet a trio, because now they're at the front door. Um, Dr. David Merrill. Dr. Merrill. Todd and yes, Mary. Yes, Todd. Yeah, Todd and Mary, who are the assistants. Yes. And Mary uh, immediately, like, sends something weird. Mary, yeah, she just walks in and just already just, ooh. I don't like the, you know, I, I just her whole demeanor is like, I feel something really uncomfortable in here. And, yeah. And yeah. then it's dinner. Theo says she gets her inspiration from, from her insomnia. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't really want to cure because that's yeah. when she gets most creative is when she can't sleep. Luke is like staying up all night watching infomercials and they're driving him nuts. Yes. Uh, Theo recommends barbiturates, barbiturates to him. <laughs> And um, there's a little Valley of the Dolls reference because... Is that what that is? Yeah, he gives some example of some other barbiturate I can't think of, like Nembutal or something. And she says, oh, no, no. And he says, oh, you must be a second all woman. And then compares her to Jackie Suzanne. Yeah. So, So they're talking about their insomnia, but... Nell actually says, well, I don't have trouble sleeping. The reason I haven't been sleeping is because for years, every time I tried to sleep, somebody was banging on the wall. So now yes, I she, still hear it. Even. Yep, and she talks about her story about her mother using her cane, which we saw her nephew doing in the beginning. So uh, Luke's response to that is to sort of joke and call her a basket case. <laughs> but then Theo gives her a little wink. Always a flirt. Later on, um, Mary's playing the harpsichord, right? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, she does like a, like a glissando, and then she's yep. And then the doctor says, "Thank you, Mary." <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, I guess. Is what he means. You know, it wasn't um, terrible. Well, he passes out the cognitive perception tests, and that's this is after dinner, and that's he's like actually starting to explain why they're there this is an interesting line because he says well now the gates are locked but i do have my trusty cell telephone i know i'm like so he says that for his study now isolation is essential for an experimental model he started to go in there with the setup but then you know obviously something real happens but you know he tells the he tells the hugh crane story Yes, he does. 130 years ago. Yes. And what Hugh did was he made a fortune on the backs of textile mill workers. Yes. 
He wanted children, but they all died at birth. His wife, Renee, was the most beautiful woman in town, <laughs> whatever town this is. She passed away and he became a recluse, but he just yeah. kept building and building and kept adding onto the house. Just, well, and sometimes at night, you can apparently you can hear children. Yes. Children's voices coming from this house. So um, about this time when we're talking about all this, there's probably the worst jump scare I've ever seen <laughs> because there's some kind of a really loud pop or crack. And I think it came from the fireplace. And I had my earbuds in, so it did make me jump. I'm just like, oh, really? You know, because it has nothing to do with anything. Um, and Mary kind of, this kind of sets her off. She kind of goes into a little bit of a rant. She's like, oh, 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 there's more to the story. I can feel it. It's in the ceiling. It's in the furniture. It's in the walls. And... About this time, some unknown force, I think, wound up the strings of the... Yes, you can see it. Cord. You can see it tightening and tightening. And so she's going into her little freak out, touches the harpsichord. This string snaps really loud. <laughs> almost puts her eye out. Yeah, it's like a gash across her it's eye. It's pretty bad. Like, I don't think it hit the actual ball. No, no, it, it just, it kind of like, cut a slice above and below the socket yeah so so they take that shot glass <laughs> to put over it so she won't get blood into her eye so i mean that's it for todd and mary they're off you know they're, they're <laughs> well, for mary i don't know why todd, i guess somebody needs to drive her <laughs> yeah well i don't think she can drive she can keep the other eye open <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know they're not really building much tension did you feel any tension from all this well i things i accidents kind of gross me out so yeah so it was kind of a gross thing but it wasn't really scary so todd and mary leave for the hospital because her eye is bleeding so much into that shot glass and you know it's like there's no oyster in there so they can't do shooters um oh, but <laughs> but this is where part two of dr marrow's plan starts it, like he plants the seed with luke you know because they have to unchain the gate the car will drive through and then chain the gate back and he's like oh i'm gonna tell you something but don't tell the others knowing full well that he would you know that's part of the plan um and so like the you know we jump to the next scene and it's like luke running to tell the two ladies hey i'm not supposed to tell you this but yeah, yeah. I mean, he—it's such a setup because yeah, because he knows he'll run straight to them. So yeah, yeah. So like, here's the deal: Renee Crane didn't just die; she killed herself. Yes, after the stillborns. Yes. Then tells him to sleep tight. <laughs> and so next we have Doctor Marrow dictating into his little little handheld. Yes. Saying that Luke was given the second part of the story. <laughs> The haunting fiction should manifest itself in the group. Yes. And he's saying that um, Eleanor is the one that appears most susceptible. And Mm. so she would probably react most, uh, not violently, but just react the most with the the implants. The hinted at (laughs) implants. (laughs) 
So we have we have scenes of people in various stages of getting ready for bed. Luke is kind of there. What is he shooting Pez into his mouth from a little? Uh... Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> do not choke on that. <laughs> then he's walking along halls playing catch with himself. He's got yes. his ball and glove. Theo is kind of being very, very touchy feely with with Nell. Like, Gives her a pashmina. <laughs> yes, that's, I've learned that word. I like From me. You, I know. I like the way you comb your hair like that. Here, this is for you. The world's missed you. Happy tossing and turning now. <laughs> so we got Nell, who's in it's bed. And yes. so she's looking up at the scary cherubs. Now they're looking at her. There's a lot of whispering. Yeah. And like little voices. The subtitles say, children whispering <laughs> <laughs> and then they say eleanor they're basically calling her name eleanor eleanor yeah. <laughs> so we have our next jump scare yes which isn't really and no, I, I... this is really stupid because luke and the doctor just kind of run into each other in the hall and it's sort of like oh oh you know and the doctor's like oh i'm sorry and Luke's just like, oh man, oh Jesus, oh what, oh don't sneak up like that, oh oh my, oh whoa, whoo! It just goes on and on and on and on. I'm just like, okay. he was trying to give them many levels. <laughs> okay, so as we had in '63, they're you know they're asleep now, and yes. well at least Nell and and Theo are sort of asleep. And we hear some knocking. Ah, uh, coming, mother. Yeah, come, yeah, okay. autopilot. Yeah, all right, coming, mother. Oh, whoops, here we are. So yeah, there's just like there's like all this growling and stuff, and and she hears Theo screaming for her, so yeah. she runs across the mile long bedroom <laughs> through the through the enormous bathroom <laughs> and into the other bedroom and something starting right away just pounding on the door and like making the door like bow out and everything and yeah and then the moist breath it's getting really cold <laughs> already and oh my god so not only do they have the cgi breath but but theo keeps going ha, ha, so that we can see okay yeah i see that uh -huh. it's like in titanic the movie <laughs> And okay, so then the, the the knocking and like the door banging kind of subsides and they think it might be over, but no, the knob is turning. Nell runs and just like throws the bolt home. <laughs> There's a lot more knocking, but well, now it's Luke. It's Luke. And he says that he heard his name being called by Theo. Yeah, like, like oh, nope. help, help, Luke, help. She goes, I didn't scream for you. Yeah. It had moved over to Nell's room while they were there on Theo's bed, but they go look there and there's nothing there. So, I mean, somehow that didn't have the impact of the 1963 because that that was pretty, that was pretty tense. Um, but then it got scientifically explained all of a sudden, you know, because they were in the kitchen having tea and um, biscuits. Yeah. And then, you know, they were trying to recreate the sound with the pipes. And yeah, Luke's turning on the faucets. Yeah, and it sounded like it. Mm -hmm. It's 
making that moaning noise. We're like, oh, well, there we are. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. And they're saying, oh, it must have got cold. I mean, all houses like this are going to have drafts. Draft. Yeah. Sure. So there we go. Yeah. So they go to bed. Back to yeah, bed. so they're back to bed, but there is more CGI scares in store for them. <laughs> well, at least for Nell. <laughs> so Nell is there in bed, and the window kind of comes open. It's very yeah. windy. The curtains are blowing around. These forms start yeah. taking shape under the covers. and But and, like uh, kid forms. Yeah, old child forms kind of slipping up toward her under the blankets. And yeah. There's a CGI ghost child right right next to her. On her pillow. Find us, Eleanor. <laughs> but but she likes it actually. No. Yeah, of, she just she was like it. like thrilled, not uh-huh. like, not in a scared way. She's been terrified by all the noises, but she seems to be comforted by all these. Yeah. These um, computer-generated uh, child uh, wraiths <laughs> that are slithering under the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and next we have Nell doing some Rorschach sort of maze things. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like trying to find her way through these mazes. You know, I mean, you don't tell the rats they're in a maze, so there we go. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like a, I'll show you mine if you show me yours kind of thing with Luke. They're they're trying to copy each other. Okay, so there's some noise from the fireplace. Yes, a huge but fireplace. First, yeah, it's well, it is a Charles Foster Kane fireplace. It's a uh, Citizen Kane fireplace. But first, it's just Luke kind of moving some things around, right? Yeah. Nell says she thinks that Hugh must have built the the house for the children, but Luke just thinks it was a sweatshop. Luke thinks the doctor's up to something, but yeah. Nell's like, I like the house. It's beautiful. But, you know, Luke's pretty suspicious and he kind of wants to get to the bottom of of what the doctor's doing. Um, So he leaves. And there she's alone with that fireplace. Mm -hmm. And then, this was not CGI. I think it was like fishing line connected to her hair because her hair starts being pulled towards the fireplace. But you don't really see what it is. There's like this this thing moving. And she does, this is where she does her first scream. This is one of the better ones, because it gets worse later. Yes, but Lily clearly has not found her full voice range as an actress. No, and this she, is her contralto. She doesn't know how to scream. So basically, basically, <laughs> this is how she screams. Ah! Oh, yeah, and this is one of the better ones. So so Luke kind of comes running in and he's like checking the fireplace and um, he somehow gets like the huge like great door open, a huge iron door, you know, where all the ashes are. Yeah. But before he can do much with that, this huge gargoyle thing. It's a lion flu. It's a lion. Yeah, it's head. a lion. It comes yeah. swinging down and they're like, oh, that was a flu. That's yeah. for the for the draft. But it almost took his head off. But she's like, that's not what I saw. That's not what I saw. That is not what was back there. <laughs> okay, Lily. You know, they're going back toward the stairs, and this is where we see... The painting. It's not in something like chalk this time. It's in red, and it yeah. might be blood for all we know. Yeah. But it's, it's written all over the portrait. Above, and the wall. Above it, on it, and below it. <laughs> yes. So whereas before in 63, it said, 
help Eleanor come home. Yes. Well, in this, it says, welcome home, Eleanor. Yes. So we're not leaving much to the imagination here. Oh, there's a bunch of ghosts here and they're saying, welcome yeah. home, Eleanor. Okay, great. Yeah, there's Bye. no ambiguity. Yes. Thanks for spelling that right out in red. Okay. But did you notice that in addition to that red painting on the wall, there's like red footsteps on the ground? Yeah, there are red footsteps. First, you know, we have the, the standard Nell freak out, you know, <laughs> it's my name. Who did this? Who wrote this? Is, what, is this one of your sick jokes, Luke? You know, ask Theo if she did it. Well, how do we know you didn't do it? You know, they're sort of like starting to argue a little bit. And then Theo's walking away. And at first I thought those were her footprints, but oh. really she's just kind of following, you know, she's walking yeah. along and there happens to be like a trail of bloody looking footprints all along the Yeah, altar. but it's super bright. Yes. So yeah, that somehow it didn't have the impact. I don't know, that just didn't really... Yeah, and then the next scene is like right to, they call it greenhouse. Now, I would have called it like conservatory or whatever, but. Yeah, right. It's a greenhouse. It's, it's a greenhouse and it, it actually looks a little bit overgrown. Uh-huh. But there's that, there's some sort of a pool with a troll statue reclining in it. Yeah, or like a Greek god or something. The doctor's being very patronizing. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, Eleanor, I realize you've been under a lot, under a terrible strain and all this kind of stuff. And but again, you know, she's kind of like, oh, all my life, I've been waiting for an adventure. Yeah. Uh, the speech adventures are for soldiers or, or for the <laughs> women that bullfighters fall in love with. So I'm on the biggest adventure of my life. And all it cost me was five gallons of gas. And what is this whole thing about, I can be a victim or I can be a volunteer? I want to I'm be gonna, a volunteer. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be a volunteer. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the production design of this room, though, um, I like the staircase in this one because it's actually a double spiral. Did you notice that? Whereas, it's huge, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's double spiral, which reminds me of a double helix, like chromosome. I think it's subliminally suggesting. It's very DNA. <laughs> yeah. So we're at our second it, night. Yes, but, you know, the statue there, you know, whereas in 1963, it was like a statue of Hugh Crane and like Abigail, his daughter, and like the yeah, caretaker. Yeah, yeah, but they looked like some sort of uh, biblical figures. Yeah, St. Francis or whatever. Yeah, uh, but here Francis. it's just like uh, uh, like a maternal figure with children. Uh, we cut back to the painting of Hugh Crane. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's a creepier looking this time because of, you know, they had to wash the red off. Yeah, it's been all scrubbed, and so now his face is all washed out and weird. But there's like a hint of like a skeleton there. Dum, 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 dum. Well, it looks scarier that way than it did with the paint. The painting just looked like almost cartoonish in its evil it's like if uh jack nicholson was dressed to be wolverine and then gained about 120 pounds <laughs> nell's back in bed um yeah. door's opening by itself now i don't know why i didn't do that before if i wanted to get in yeah so she's kind of like following the red footprints of like an course. arthur murray class and we hear whispering children again. 
she's into the library. Yeah. There's like a very um, old school kind of, she moves some panel where books are and then it opens a secret passageway, like a, yes. like a whole bookshelf swings open. And well, you know, that's, that's good. That's a haunted house trope. I like that. I guess. So there's another spiral staircase that she goes down and, you know, she's sort of mumbling to herself. She said, it's Crane's study. <laughs> she sees all these books and ledgers yes. and stuff so she ledgers. looks in the, the textile mill ledger the ghost points to, to the ledger look at the ledger um so she's looking at this ledger and she's looking at all the you know there's like charles digbyson you know 49 years old you know it's got all their names and their yeah, ages yeah, yeah, yeah. and every time there's a child their name is crossed out yes so she's going Elizabeth Milton, 12 years old. They were all children. <laughs> he was using kids as labor in his mills, and they kept dying. So she takes that ledger to Theo, tells Theo about the little footprints in blood. Yeah. Theo's starting to get worried about her and tells her so. <laughs> but Nell says, the house is trying to tell me something. And she goes uh, back to her room. Well, Theo's pissed because she woke her up. She said, I was having the best <laughs> sleep of my life, and you woke yeah. me up. Get back to bed, you know? So she goes into, gets in bed, and then she looks at the fireplace cherubs and says, Okay, I'm listening. Then <laughs> yeah. she combs her hair. Oh, the combing her hair. <laughs> And so this CGI is so bad. I know. This is the worst CGI. Okay, so she's there brushing her hair, which we've seen her do, and all of a sudden, her hair becomes a cartoon. <laughs> Basically. It parts. It separates, and then it start, starts weaving itself. This animated hair starts weaving itself into some sort of a braid. Yeah. <laughs> And she like, like she like she just like gets it out of that, you know. But then she looks up at a painting, and realizes that she, that is the same hairstyle as the woman in the painting. Yeah. Who is not like, Renee? You don't know who it is, but it's not right. Renee. It is not Renee. Yeah. And then we we cut to an exterior windy shot. So yeah, we got it. we got a we got a long tracking exterior nighttime, and then a long tracking in exterior daytime for yeah fly over again yeah so, okay all right house again i'd rather watch that as i said okay so nell's looking for the doctor and just well you know every time i see a tape recorder i just start playing it i don't care whose it is <laughs> but here you know like uh, she in 1963 she was really smitten with the doctor here she's oh, not oh yeah oh not at all there's no i we don't touch on her sexuality or any of that not even like a hero or... worship or anything. No, no, there's none of that. So, but yeah, she's right away started, just picks up this tape recorder and just turns it on. And she hears... Maybe it's a dance mix. <laughs> it's a mixtape. <laughs> and we hear the doctor dictating, saying that Eleanor Vance is continuing her alienation of the other subjects and truly seems to believe that she did not deface the painting. <laughs> She's showing self-delusion and emotional instability. Oh dear. She That's... cries. 
Yeah, that's not good. So meanwhile, Luke is telling Theo that he just thinks the doctor is making all the noises and stuff. Uh-huh. That it's a lie, that it's an insomnia study. And Nell sort of interrupts them and seems to not believe this because she says home is where the heart is, which seems to have <laughs> uh, something to do with, you know, she thinks that it's happening to her because she belongs there or something. Oh, and then, oops, There she sees a woman hanging up from the... Uh, from the rafters up above yeah which no one else sees so that right. makes her a little distraught she's like i'm not making this up <laughs> so she's back in hugh's study and, and then so look she's... looking at all these photo albums yeah and she discovers that um hugh had a second wife caroline she's got the book in such a way i don't know if the pages are being flipped by an unseen hand or if, yeah or if but it turns into like a flip book like an yeah app. so what is it so you see in this flip book with the pages going you see an you know like a animation of carolyn turning and pointing toward the fireplace yes just go look at the fireplace one when we find out what she finds in the fireplace because Carolyn has been protecting the children. Okay, so Carolyn set this up so that somebody would find it. Yes, exactly. You know, that's clearly a message. Yeah. So, so what does she do? She goes to the fireplace. But, like, it lets her open. Because, you know, like, Luke had trouble earlier and, and uh, Meryl will have trouble more later. Yeah, so, yeah, she had she had an outside help, unseen help. Yes, and so she opens both doors. Oh, yeah, with no, no effort. Yeah. And um, starts digging in the ashes. Uh-huh. First thing she finds seems to be, what, a femur? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... And then a skull. There's a skull. And then pretty much a whole skeleton just sits up right in her face, right? <laughs> yes. Then a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> And we start to hear some serious children's voices. Where are you? Where are you? So she's like, I'll get you out. I will. Oh, what's that smell? There's some. I know, it's a weird non sequitur. Yeah. And so she's trying to open this door. But then this big metal CGI hand comes out. A bad metal CGI. It's really bad. Okay. So she's just getting. She's just like, he killed them. He killed them. He wanted children. children in the house, and he took children from the mills, but wouldn't let them go. That's what she said. He imprisoned them in the house. Yeah. So she just sounds like a raving lunatic at this point. Nobody believes her. The doctor's like, oh, she's in a fugue state. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Hugh's still in the house. Now, Theo sort of might, well, what if he is? What if he is? Like, she sort of might believe her a little bit. But because she's just like losing her her marbles completely, <laughs> uh, the doctor decides to just come clean about yes. this this study that he's doing. It was an insomnia. It wasn't an insomnia study. It was a study in group fear and hysteria. Yes, I gave you the clues and you put it together, but it's not real. It's, and I'm pulling the plug. It's obviously I we just, we just can't go on with it. Yeah, the shoot is over. <laughs> 
So there's this big argument with Theo and the doctor. <laughs> I know, like well, I wanted to study the way that people react to fear, the way they act, the way they act, the way they why they feel, the way they feel. <laughs> For his uh, horrible overacting, he gets a slap across the face from her. <laughs> Did you see my notes when I put on here? I said this must be the screen test. <laughs> You know, it seems like a scene that could be standalone. And yeah, then, definitely. It wasn't okay. in the trailer for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, so he gets a big old whap for that, which <laughs> who wouldn't? Yes. But that prompts Mero to go to the fireplace. Yeah, and he find out what Nell's talking about. Yeah. He's having trouble getting that open. But it's, you see, it's locked on the side. Oh, yeah. It's got that kind of that. The clampy things. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Theo is just putting Nell to bed because she's, you know, in her fugue state or whatever. More, <laughs> more cold air and CGI breath. She's like, I'll get you some tea. <laughs> yeah, right. And then there are the, like these shadowy, like, finger things kind of like going over her. Well, first then, frost on the window. Yeah, there's a, there's a Jack Frost. Um, <laughs> Lipping at her at the nose. <laughs> yeah. And the ceiling is like rocking and rolling up above her and uh, it, it opens up into like this face. <laughs> like you see the eyes. Yeah, it's like these skylight things. And it's, yeah. So she's thrown to the floor, kind of slides along it for a while. And then she's like, who was holding my hand? Which Right. Which is there, there was no indication that anyone was. I, it's like, <laughs> I don't think anybody was now. I, I guess they thought they wanted to put that line into the screenplay because it was, you know, because it was in the nineteen sixty three throwback, but they didn't even set it up. So who cares? They did not. They did not. <laughs> that was just completely talk about non sequiturs. Yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, this Jack Frost crane thing is is at <laughs> the window, and um, and there's this, oh help, you know, like he hears some child voices like no whatever so so nell's just upset she's like i will not let you hurt a child <laughs> throws some heavy object at the at the window <laughs> but then the glass is like imploding back at her yeah like, like it breaks it. out and then in and this is one of the ah <laughs> this is a really bad scream <laughs> Like what vowel is that? Like an E <laughs> with like a diminishing A. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Theo comes in and sees that broken window and and we just got a lot of shots of Nell just kind of running down hallways, just like doo -doo 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 -doo. she might as well just be running in place. On a treadmill. Yeah. So, so you hear all these um child voices still and okay now she's <laughs> is this some where is the where's the room where she sees the mirror it's not the carousel it's coming up. no it's not the carousel room yet but no, she goes into it's that before room where she, she sees herself in the mirror and then she starts growing a carolyn face yes <laughs> like and teeth her mouth kind of changes her teeth changes, and she's like this is i think the first big no we hear so so the utterances of her through this movie are mostly ah or no <laughs> so, so she sees her carolyn face she's like no that's not me into the carousel room yes 
still asking, why do, why do you want me? Who am I? What are you trying to tell me? And this is the stupidest thing I think of the whole thing. You can go ahead and tell what happens here. Well, so she sees the reflection. Okay, first of all, before the reflection. So you see her reflection, and then you see like a really clear reflection of her, who's clearly... It's a different self of her. Yeah, it's a di it's not a reflection. It's another iteration of her in the mirror. Yes, but the real Eleanor reflection is like... And then, but the one that's actually the other apparition gets pregnant. <laughs> well, it's like, so they're showing her from the side and all of a sudden her stomach just goes, <laughs> just, she grows a pregnancy right there in front of her. And then the apparition says, welcome home, Eleanor. <laughs> and we have more, no, no. Imagine like being at that film shoot and like being the one like who's got your hand on that tank of helium. <laughs> Where are we next? We've got, I said, child faces in the curtains. We've got more yes. slippering children. And then so um, she's like, the doors, Eleanor. Yeah, only the doors hold him. Only, yeah. Yes. And then all of a sudden she's up on the catwalks in the yeah. conservatory. I want to, I want to help you. And so the we have the rickety spiral staircase, which oh. is double, which I didn't notice. Double. And the doctor is going up after her. So we have the same, like, you know, it's, but this is epic, this staircase, like how it's breaking up and. Yeah. Because you see like, a, like an unseen force, like unscrew the things. Mm -hmm. You see it's like not, screws them right and so then he starts to fall and, and so nell's response to that is no <laughs> we got lots of cables popping just twang, doing, doing, all over the place like you would think it's another harpsichord <laughs> i'm glad mary wasn't around <laughs> yeah her other eye oh my god thwack he drops his cell phone and it just breaks all over his yeah oh i thought it was the tape recorder well i oh. did too but then we were listening to it later so yeah it was his cell He's... telephone so i mean in all this frenzy of him like like almost dying on this thing she's able to pull him up yeah but she's still babbling she's like he won't let them go he won't let them go <laughs> now she's in some like she's she's in bed now and she's just having a She's like having a conniption in bed. She's just yeah. sort of like, mmm, mmm, and oh, writhing all over the place. Like, so bad. <laughs> like, like a Saturday Night Live version of Linda Blair's scene in The Exorcist, you know? Yeah, well, so Luke wants to get her to the doctor, but the doctor is like... Uh, Dr. Marrow's like, oh, no, not until the Dudleys come back in the morning. Yes. So. Besides, the doctor is busy sewing up Mary's eye. <laughs> Take a number. Right. So she, she needed a lot of stitches. So they're, they're in a big argument. Theo just tells them to shut up. So they're going to keep watch over Nell tonight. Yeah. Luke Luke's, first. Yes, Luke. He's like, I'll take the first watch. <laughs> This is, I thought it was the tape recorder at first, but now he's dictating into it. Yeah. So he's all like, uh, the environment is proving entirely successful in promoting <laughs> shared hysteria reactions. Classic 
pathologies of trauma and oh, I should have stopped this when Mary got hurt. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he's, he's all like, Jesus, I need to get them out of here. But he's in the greenhouse. Yeah, he's in the greenhouse. And, and, and there's, um, like I said, there's a, there's a statue in that pool. And yeah. um, that statue seemed to, seems to have ideas of its own about what he's going to do next. Pulls him into the wall. It's a shallow pond. It pulls him in and then like starts spewing out blood. From yeah, it just like vomits blood while it's drowning him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, yeah. he's got water and blood to contend with. And so he yeah. gets out of there alive somehow. But uh, yeah, now <laughs> Nell's bedroom is getting all weird again. Now there's like spikes in her like canopy. Okay. Yeah, so so like the Moorish um, arch things. It's like these these arches in the ceiling, and they have these points on them that come yeah. down. I don't know what that what those are for. Some sort of decoration, but yeah, they're all like lengthening, right, and just like uh-huh. coming down and practically impaling her all over the place. Yeah, but they pin her gown down. So gown down. Her, you know, nighty down. Her nighty down, yeah. And um, so they're imprisoning her there. And here's where the cherubs just kind of look over at her and go, whoop. (laughs) (laughs) The fireplace cherubs. I just started laughing because they look so stupid. Like these, they've got these ridiculous expressions on their little faces. Yes. Oh, and this is the worst. Like, so... Oh, well, well, we get one really bad scream. We get an ah! <laughs> and so they hear from downstairs, and Theo's like, it's Nell! Well, no kidding. I mean, who else would it be? But now her... um, It's Grace. Grace Markway. Right? <laughs> from the other movie. <laughs> so Luke's trying to get through the door, and the, that now the bed's moving, and this is just the worst. Like, her face like lengthens down like oh, yeah. those those creatures in V, you know, the mini series that <laughs> yes. could eat could eat guinea pigs, you know. Yeah, and so the jaw. She's like, then <laughs> some some kind of big old multiple handed thing opens up over her head. It was Hugh, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it's it's like got multiple arms, and it's just like hovering over, her and she's all like, <laughs> she's all sweating and trembling and stuff. Yeah. And, well, she can't move because the spikes are pinning her down. Yeah, she, yeah. So the other three come in and are trying to get her out of her bed prison, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then Luke starts like hewing off the post with a candlestick, like yeah. dashing, but like they're practically near all of her vital organs so i'm not oh, sure, sure. How she, i'm not sure how she didn't get hurt from this process well you can't hurt bad acting <laughs> <laughs> yeah but whatever this multi-arm thing if it's hugh or whatever it is is back and it's all like terrorizing everybody so luke is like well i ain't staying in this freak house for another second they're all running out of there trying and they're trying to get out through the gate Yes, but they realize it's chained up. Well, and Luke is trying to climb it, but he says the classic line, I can't get up it. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to use 
Mel's cars and gets in the gremlin. He tries to use the gremlin as a battering ram. <laughs> of course, not much comes of that. No. Oh, At least it wasn't a pinto or it would have exploded. <laughs> yes. A fun contact. Well, because, you know, like when he tries to break through it, there's like that circular spike thing that actually falls and like yeah, it's some sort of roof. panel that falls off the yeah. house. It's like this huge iron thing and the the spikes, you know, narrowly miss his head or whatever. So then they're trying to get him out of the car. Um, oh, and the, the, the lights in the house are coming on and you hear all these children. Eleanor, come back. <laughs> yeah, but you know, before that though, just right before that, something is revealed here. Um, and, and so Nell actually asks Marrow, why did he call her on the phone to look at that ad? And he's like, I never called you. So it wasn't Mary that called. It wasn't Todd that called. Like when she picked up the phone, she heard Marrow's voice, even though it was not Marrow. Someone else doing a bad impression of him, probably. Maybe Shrek or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like there appears to be like gas leaking. Of course, you know, you're always going to get that out of a car because, you know, it, th there's always the threat of explosion. Or oh, a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. But the doctor busts Luke out of the gremlin by smashing the back window. And, you know, all this has been happening, but somehow Nell is nowhere to be seen. So we've got Theo like... Oh God, where's Nell? <laughs> so they're back looking for Nell back in the house and they find her in a nursery. Now, at first when I saw this, I thought it was a replica of her mother's bedroom. It was. Because, oh, it was. Okay. Because uh -huh. it has that same, a place for everything yep. and everything in its place, like yep. needle pointed thing yeah. on the wall. Yes. And her, like her, one of her canes or something. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be, yeah. It's but she's bad. turning, she's turning the crank of a, some sort of. Like a giant music box. Giant, yeah, large music box. Yeah. Okay, and this is where. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where she makes a little speech. And yeah. she's just very wide-eyed and happy about it. And she says, <laughs> this is the room where Carolyn had her baby before she ran away. And the children, they wanted me to see this so I'd know this was my home. Yes, Carolyn was my great-great-grandmother, and the children are my family. This is where I belong. I'm not afraid anymore. I always want to hear her say, <laughs> Kay, at the end of Kay. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she says, um, he's still hunting them, but if I'm here, he can't harm them. So what so we've got this house and there's this huge evil ghost that's in there mm -hmm. and all these children that are sort of like imprisoned in the the walls and paintings or something i don't know in the bric-a-brac yeah and, but he can't he's just hunting them through this house where they all are <laughs> and when he gets them what does he do he doesn't kill like does he want to play with them I don't know. I don't get it. But somehow if she's there, he can't hurt them. Even though they're all dead already anyway. It, because she is I, the personification of Carolyn. Uh, right. She grew yeah. a Carolyn face and got pregnant before <laughs> her own eyes. So yeah, 
Sure. Yeah. So they're all trying to run out of there, and just all these doors just are slamming, you know, yeah. all down the halls and everything. And she's like, he's not going to let you go. <laughs> she's, uh, she got, kind of got into this groove of this one voice that she, everything is pitched in, and, and it's just going to stay that way for the rest Same of the Same tessitura. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, they try, you know, the doors, the front door slams before they can get out. And she's like, it's too late. <laughs> so now the guys are trying to bust out of the windows with chairs and it oh, just, yeah. they keep closing back up again on the chairs. Yeah. Like that. It would like suck the chair into the window. Then the, yeah. Like you'd mentioned the dog just gets a nasty, like, what is that? A piece of wood it's... that just gets embedded in his paw? Oh, I thought something? it was glass. Is it glass? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Okay, this is the nadir of Owen Wilson's performance because, oh my good lord. I mean, and it's not his fault. What are you going to do when you're given material like this? So he starts calling the portrait of Ukraine a bastard and a son of a bitch and yelling, damn you, at it and hitting it with a candlestick. And he tears it up. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes Hugh Crane really mad. (laughs) You can hear him like, you know, well, Luke wants to burn the house down. That's, I think those are his last words, actually. Except for his scream. (laughs) Because now, what happens? Well, he gets pulled into the fireplace. Yeah, he's dragged on a carpet. Yes, they're like, jump off of it, jump off of it. <laughs> it's like, eh. Yeah, so he's dragged across the big hall there and they're just thrown into the fireplace. And, and then, yeah, he gets up. We had the setup for this, which. Oh, well, clearly, because, you know, it's like that, what's that phenomenon where they, where they show a loaded gun, it's going to get fired. So. If they showed a swinging flu, it's gonna decapitate. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, they've got to have the it's the foreshadowing, and then yeah, yeah. so this flu just <laughs> comes on down, and you, know, show, you see him looking at it like, <laughs> and, and so it decapitates him, but then spits his head out. Yeah, the the great just barfs after, yeah, so, yeah, it's like <laughs> there it goes. Oh goodness okay now nell has figured out <laughs> that hugh crane used to play hide and seek with the children and so they have to hide okay now theo am i right she gets some sort of grating in the boobs what is that something falls oh no the painting the- falls and the frame hits theo does it hit her in the boobs or in the or, face? Or the arm it's the arm oh the arm okay yeah. Oh, yeah, she's holding her arm, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think she's okay. holding her boobs. <laughs> well, well, it looked like it got her right in the chest, but I guess... Well, I, if you were CZJ, wouldn't you hold your boobs, too? Oh, well, I'm sure. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and now we have the classic epic fight between Nell and a CGI griffin. <laughs> Just, they're all coming to life. It's like, boom, they're doing like she's like trying to beat at it with a stick or something. 
like, oh, wow, this is really scaring the bejesus out of me. And it just, oh, my goodness. I don't know. Something about CGI animated statuary. I just don't, I don't. Well, I've seen it done well. And this is not it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, oh, and, you know, when Nell was sort of surveying, you know, her last look at her mother's room with the bedpans and stuff. Yeah. She took her mother's necklace and it has the letter C on it. Yeah. Now she's been wearing this the whole time and she looks up and she sees a portrait of Carolyn wearing the same necklace. Oh, it's the same letter. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and now, all right, so now she does pitch her voice a little bit higher here. Uh, maybe it's a new now, recording day. <laughs> she's, yeah, so now she's. I don't know, somehow seeing the necklace, Carol's necklace, I don't know, it gives her some resolve or something? It gives her now, the power. It's like a, a a talisman. Oh, so she had it all this time. Yeah. And she could have used it. It just activated. Oh, God. But now she's calling out Hugh. She's like, Hugh Crane! <laughs> just, Hugh Crane! She just starts yelling it out like, She's moving down the stairs, you know, more moving gargoyles, gargoyles, gargoyles. <laughs> gargoyles and argyles. Yeah, there's some argyle gargoyles. <laughs> Say that five times fast. So we got a haunted mansion stretching ceiling. Yeah. And now she's been calling him out, Hugh Crane. <laughs> and here comes an enormous huge CGI Ukraine ghost. What's its first response? What's her first response to the ghost? <laughs> Listeners? No, her first response is no. <laughs> she's been calling him and now he actually visits and she's like, mm-hmm. okay, now <laughs> this part, she's like, I'm not afraid of you. The children need me, and I'm going to set them free. Even at death, you still wouldn't let them go. I'm going to stop you now. Okay, the gargoyles are just going crazy. This is a great line from uh, from the doctor. He's like, don't do it, Eleanor. He's going to kill you. At this point, you're like, just go, girl, just do it. I know. Hugh throws the dock and Theo just across the room. And this is the final Nell speech, which it, it's just, it's just the, just the best and the worst. <laughs> so, here we go. It's not about them. It's about family. It's always been about family. It's about Carolyn and the children from the mill, so you can hear their voices. Well, I'm family, Grandpa, and I've come home. Now it's just you and me, Hugh Crane. Purgatory's over. Take it, Joseph. You go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) And then what even happens here? I don't even know. So like these Rodan... Hades skeleton guys come out. It's the the demons. So, so as she's been tricking Hugh Crane this whole time to come closer and closer to the door to meet his judgment. So there is some sort of. I mean, to me, it didn't look like she did a thing. I'm just like, I don't even know what she's doing. What is? Okay, so that. Okay, thanks for explaining it because I. Yeah. So he 
the spirit attacks her, but she's too close to the door. So then the spirit gets trapped at the door, at the judgment. Oh, okay. So Hugh's finally being judged yes. in his own house that yes. he built, that he is supposedly okay. So these Hades skeletons come out and grab him. And the I demons. think he... <laughs> Doesn't he do some sort of a no? Oh, sure, his version of <laughs> Nell's version. Of, they probably used. They probably just took her voice and like uh, did some, you know, like, moved it up an octave. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like some sort of a CGI explosion thing, and uh, well, now did did he go to hell or did he just get imprisoned in that door in the freeze? Uh, well, you see his face there, so yeah, then he's so, trapped in there. So he's just trapped in there with the Hades skeleton guys. That's what I call them. I, demons. <laughs> so the Hades skeleton guys kind of, <laughs> they kind of lower Nell to the floor. So all these, <laughs> these children's ghost things come out and they're like, thank you, Eleanor. Thank you. Thank you. Eleanor. So this smiling Nell sort of ascends out of her body. Astrally projects. Yes, she's soaring among the children. But yeah, Nell's dead, and Catherine or uh, Theo has a nice, a nice tear sort of suspended on her cheek there. Oh. The, well, the so the so and then and then it's an outdoor shot again. So now the skies in the in the evening are clear, and then they transition to a sunrise. Yes, and so uh, we're... As the Dudleys only, drive back. Dudleys drive up to the house. There's only two people left. They come out all disheveled. The gremlin is still there. The gremlin's still there in the, with a hole in the gate. With its windows bashed out and a thing, a round thing, spiked thing on top of it. Yeah. Mrs. Dudley's uh, assessment of this whole thing, she just looks very <laughs> put out and says city people but then the yeah. last line of the movie oh you mean from bruce stern yeah <laughs> did you find out what you wanted to know doctor and see and pan back pan away on a helicopter you know <laughs> no drones right yeah i don't know how how did they come up with i mean steven spielberg had a hand in this Stephen King had a hand in this. Jeffrey Geffen and David Katzenberg. I mean, that's what DreamWorks SKG was. Yeah. What What happened? I don't get it. I don't think Lily Taylor is completely without talent. I think that she just, she wasn't directed well and she, yeah. she doesn't know how to scream. I mean, so you got to be able to, <laughs> to scream if you're in a, if you're constantly being put into these situations. And yeah. Or get somebody like a voiceover. <laughs> I mean, and that'd be so easy to do. Do you think it's time for Rapid Fire? Theo, Zeta-Jones, or Bloom? Zeta-Jones. Bloom. Luke, Wilson, or Tamblin? Tamblin. Tamblin. Doctor, Liam Neeson, or the other guy? <laughs> Liam Neeson. The other guy. Mr. Dudley. Bruce Dern, or the other guy? Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. Mrs. Dudley, Rosalie Crutchley, or the other lady? It's a tie. <laughs> Rosalie Crutchley. The House, <laughs> 1963 or 1999? 1999. 63. Oh. 
Hugh Crane, <laughs> 63 or 99. The non-CGI. 63. And, and Eleanor Harris or Taylor. And Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather watch Anne Hayes on a continuous loop. Really? Falling out of the tub. <laughs> <laughs> Or Vera Miles overacting. Yeah, then watch any part of Lily Taylor doing anything. So I'm going to go for Julie Harris or Anne Hayes. Either one I'd rather <laughs> see as Eleanor. Rapid fire! I don't think there's much else to say, is there? No. Well, folks, there you have it. We've survived talking about the 1999 version remake of The Haunting. Tune in next time when we talk about another pair of movies. But in the meantime, you go to hell. No!